Foxy Frieda's now unwinding a big run. So too Cast. Foxy Frieda and Cast, they gather up what's on by. Cast burning through on the inside of Foxy Frieda. And it's the little girl Cast to win. Ruthless Dame also wider out. Ruthless Dame, another award steaming late. Ruthless Dame in front, another award. If the three-year-old Philly, Ruthless Dame in the sanctuary. Yeah, my heart's on you, but my head's in the street. I can't score speed to the score looks neat. You want me to change? I'm in love with the game. I'm trying to stay float, but I'm in too deep. But it's Globe, 300 metres to go. Wanders about just like it did last time. It gets lonely in front, but it's still four legs. Daytona Bay, Normandy Bridge comes on from Prince of Alina. But it's all Globe, 100 metres to go. It's six lengths in front. This is an outstanding performance again. And Globe eased out, won the King's coronation. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. There was some fantastic group racing in South Australia, highlighted by the Sangster Stakes audio, courtesy of Racing.com, as was the audio, though, of possibly the most exciting horse going around Australia. Globe did it smash them. So let's talk about it with Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Ralphie, top of the morning to Jeez, it's great life, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's jump straight into it. So, Morphville, we'll start with there. We'll also have a bit of a look at Gosford yep. as, as part of today's year-round carnival review. And uh, and Morphville, uh, the track probably played okay, considering how uh, on Friday morning when we were doing the preview podcast, we were worried about it could be a, a, a very slow track. It really did play fantastic, Ralphie. If you sort of lie, look at the breakdown, even right off the gate at race one was the, probably the perfect example, 2,000-metre race, and they've almost gone benchmark lead speed to the 800-metre mark. And it's very clear that it, race two, even though it was like five lengths or five and a half below through that first section, that was all pace-related. And then in the middle of the day, you could see everything was like above benchmark. And, and you ex- expect a little bit more because it's going to be high intensity and pressure. So this track, 100% was genuinely in the good range with the with the exception of um you know around near that 600 meter point i would have felt that that track was probably a length off and uh, i'm not going to say it was s5 but it was on the worst side of g4 overall pretty good even the home straight ralphie was pretty much bang on benchmark and of course you had to get out to the lanes that we thought yep. and uh and well there's the barrier position of one two and three in the sangster ruthless dame barrier 12 another award barrier 13 zapateo barrier 11 she was the one you zeroed in on a sunday morning uh let's start uh with the easy part fins how could this this stable may eustace yeah well few things yes how good they are that's 100 percent. and i had one of the boys you know who works in the team sort of inform me that uh, i was a little bit off by not picking up ruthless stain because there was a there was some key data coming out of in secret and others where it had a, a pretty solid profile uh trending a lot higher than what we'd score you know like internally scored the horse i go yeah well too late now <laughs> but that just sort of demonstrate that number one the stable they found the horse and that this was the horse, and it was fantastic. Couldn't believe the performance it produced. Now, even though I'm saying this, 
we we can you know not the fact that I was on that sapote, but geez, you can't say that horse had any breathing space. <laughs> Unlucky, wasn't it? Yeah, and this is yeah. where, like, even the greats. So, actually, sorry. So we'll, we'll pull up there. Firstly, with Ruthless, Ruthless Dane, let's give the yep. honours to the winner. So in um, in Sydney, in that in secret race that you, you mentioned, this surround stakes. It's it's the form race of the carnival, even though Sunshine in Paris hasn't yet run. It was a four way finish. The uh, the fourth horse was um, was Zoo Gotcha, who went on to win a, a far lap. The fifth horse, River. Revolutionary Miss won a CUNY. The third horse in secret won the uh, won the new market, and now Ruthless Danes won the uh, won the Sangster. This is what we wrote at the time on our um, uh, on our sizzlers. Uh, we sizzled her first up Sandown, went smashing the previous PB, producing 0.7 lengths above benchmark over 1300. Here extended that and just missing at 1400 Group One level, and has a better further expectation on her. So I'm going to ask you more about that ability to relax and sustain a close. Minus 4.2 at the 800, minus 2.9 mid race, 3.3 last four. Should com- remain very competitive in elite fillies races. Well, she's gone to the Coolmore. That ended up being a brutal fifteen hundred. But the camp gave her gave her eight weeks off and got her got her cooking uh, a nice and fresh first up. Well, they really fe- did freshen rather, not first up. And that's that's spot on, Ralph. And then even if you look at okay, you're coming back to the twelve hundred meter mark. But even in that last run before the freshen up over fifteen hundred, that was such a fast pace, right? I mean this horse yeah. on its own was travelling like four point two above benchmark through the first half of the race and then still between the eight and the four hundred was matching that speed and only deteriorated over the last three, four hundred meters. So there was a lot of insight that this horse had potential to have really solid speed. And here we are like in this race here, I mean golden pace to be travelling virtually benchmark and knowing this horse had, had two scenarios where it'd been well above that speed, this set set it up perfectly. Even in the mid-race, Ralphie, it wasn't an overextension for the horse. It'd gone from 0.3 above to plus 2.4. Yes, there was deterioration over the last 200 metres, and a lot of that had to do with... You knew the track, okay, now in hindsight, the track's a little bit off around near that 600 metre mark. You're doing a high exertion. You're going to have depletion late. Hard to fault. And it's interesting when you were just talking about like what was written in the Sizzler's point of view, the reality is this horse was trending about a length above that profile based on you know what was coming out of that race. So that was another sign that, the 0.7 that we'd had to 0.9 range was well and truly genuinely a length behind what this horse is capable of doing. And, yeah, like, you know, good luck, bad luck, however you want to look at it. The reality was it got victory and ran right up to its profile of, you know, where its potential was, 1.8. And I, I, I just didn't pick it myself, Ralphie. I just thought, it, not today, going to wait and see. Maybe there's something else, but... I thought Ma Eustace, maybe the other horses were going to be more tuned in, you know, Marabi more so than anything else, because I was a bit negative on Bella Nipatina. But yeah, there it was. And this was an interesting pre-race. They uh, they interviewed uh, Kieran Ma on Racing dot com again. There's your there's your theory. Vince. He got on the plate and went there. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but of course, he had three runners, including the favourite Bella Nipatina. But if you were look listening to that interview, and and I've got to got to hand it to the boys. I don't listen to a lot of pre-race interviews other than seven to eight, and then right before a race, um, seven to eight on RSN. Um, 
they are pretty good with their, their information to the public. So if you were listening to that, you would have thought, well, Ruth Stein was virtually their stable elect. And the point you wanted to make about Bella Nipotina, uh, which we made in the podcast, and you can listen to it free now, of course, um, was that there's only so many times you can peek into prep, even from a stable as good as Mar Eustis, and there, yep. its grand final was the cocker. Yeah, yeah. And and this this is how it played out. <sighs> I don't know. Did we mention another ward as well? Some sort of potential of running uh, no, one? No, no. No, we'll, okay. We'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was another top run as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I just wonder with – but uh, and so this is the other point before we, we get to another award, that 1.8 lengths above benchmark, that probably underlined that a, that a couple of these real good ones like Bella Nipotina, Espiona, September run, there was queries about the track, Morabi, of course, who uh, who's, who's missed a lot of racing. Um Rockin' Horse, even. They, they they didn't turn up and or didn't handle the track because 1.8 uh, from the winner, Ruthless Dame, that's below what a few of the others can do. Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. And it was very evident over the last couple of hundred metres they scrambled in to get victory, but they got yeah. it, right? And yeah, for a three-year-old filly, that's you can ex- – when I say you can expect it, they don't have the strength. You know, and, and it was so evident late here in this race season. They just don't have the strength. They're still evolving and growing, I guess, into themselves. So I can see that. And the beauty is with a horse like this, and we've seen it so many times, particularly if they've got some ability, Ralph, they keep improving, right? So this horse could easily now evolve into a plus 2.53 horse as a four-year-old mare. And who knows? We've, we've seen mares keep improving at six. So – It'll be interesting to see what happens with this horse. Now, on the day, all you need is an ounce of luck, you know, or bad luck for others that can make the difference. And in this case, it really was that, right? It's not like this horse is the superior horse, like you said. It's won a race well down on the profile of the rest because if everybody turned up and won their A game, Ruthless Dame probably wouldn't run top three, Ralphie. And just a, one last point on this. When we go back to that Coolmore that you said was a brutal tempo race, just for fun, I've had a look at the subsequent starts. And this is where, you, you know, the, the the stable was so smart for in the pin. And also credit to Ma, uh, Price uh, Price Kent, who Anna Visto got cooked in the day. Well, they, they, they've put her straight out for a spell. There's 11 of these runners at their next start were unplaced. Yeah. The only this- horse that's run a place since was Ruthless Dame. So that's what the pride of Jenny's brutality did to, to many, many runners out of that race. Yeah, and, and they were so smart too. Get, gave it the 56 days off, had a nice jump out of Cranbourne. They, oh, they're, they're masters. They really are. And at the moment, they're sort of in many ways leading the pack, aren't they? When they're pinning a race to say we want to get victory, there's a big chance they're going to turn up and run big. Uh, another reward ran fourth in this race last year. She's run second here for the local legend, Liam McDonald, as well as Andrew Glucas, uh, now as a co-trainer. Um, she's pretty much run to her best, hasn't she, 1.2? Yeah, she's ran right up to her best. And this is probably further indication about, like, where it's at. This horse is probably at its best is peaking in around that plus two range and has turned up and run 1.2. Clearly, when I say clearly above the last two campaigns. There was that one good run at Morpherville, second up on the 13th of the third, where the horse ran 1.7. So ultimately, I'm just sort of sitting back here. From a speed point of view, the horse has run to its profile. It's actually, it wouldn't surprise me if, if this horse might actually do something a bit more over a bit more ground. You know, I don't know what they're going to be doing with it. I know it's had a lot of racing at most of its racing at 1200 meters but there is a profile that sort of indicates to me that 
yeah, even 1400 would be interesting with this source because it can relax. Yep. It's just about how the energy is distributed with this source. Well, I was I was very surprised to see September run go forward and end up being caught wide. The, the pressure was on and that uh, Damien Oliver clearly said, I'll get the back of Craig Williams and Zapateo. Yep. Then when September run started to tear out, he goes, well, that's easy. I'll get the back of the favourite, Bella Di Petita, who then went backwards. So that was the unluckiness of Zapateo. Uh, Ollie's gone the two gun horses and the gun riders and, uh, and they both took him nowhere. And, and unfortunately, that's cost him victory in the end because <laughs> – Really, when you look at it from that point of view, he had the horse beautifully positioned, yeah. And and then the challenges started from the eight hundred, like you said. It's sort of like who who chose to follow uh, to follow created the the challenges for him, and he, and he did storm home, but it wasn't enough to get the victory. As in terms of overall performance, though, point nine above the horse definitely could have run better, Ralphie. Yep, but it. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Might uh, almost be a case of losing the war. They might win the battle because if they go to the Goodwood off this, uh, she's probably going to be able to peak in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Did, did they say at all the Mar team if they're going to take Ruthless Dame to a race like that? I, I assume so. Yeah, I assume. Yeah, so. yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. So what, 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 what more could she do? Do you think, or was that, or was that her twelve hundred run? That's probably the query. Oh well. Well, you know, there must <laughs> be some saving. very, you know, special things that are going to happen for this horse to find another two lengths right well, now. That's a big, big thing to do. I guess it would all come back down to who's the competition. Is it the same field as this? Well, it might be uh, Lofty Strikes, uh, uh, the favourite at the moment in the uh, in the race. So he'll be back, but he'll be he'll be the ones charging hard, particularly well, if that'll, the if That'll the be a good starting. You, know, uh, you know, is a horse like Marabi going to move on? Like you can look at the conditioning of that horse. I mean, it blew out badly in condition. Yeah, so that's going to be a big leaper as well. Yeah, okay. Well, that's going to be interesting. But if, yeah, I, 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 at this point in time, I definitely wouldn't be back in Ruthless Dane myself. Just want to ask you one, and this is uh, yeah, the bikes playing playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. In Chris Weller, Espiona, twelve hundred wasn't really a race no. on the day. Um, but uh, well, I wouldn't think that uh, that you'd be riding her off uh, fighting a big big race. Maybe even a Stradbroke, or maybe the Goodwood in a couple of weeks' time. On, on what I'm seeing there, what, what's your read of the data? Well, I look at the the overall close. It was a big explosion in the middle. Yes, and this is the the typical best in the race. Yeah, yeah, and you know, just try and get that big exertion. Top ten for the day, not easy. And and this is again, you're doing the big explosion on the softest part of the ground, you're going to find some of that. And even the deterioration, the blowout last 200 metres was around three lengths. So there's no doubt this will take the horse back to its very top. It just, yeah, what, what, you know, will they stick Will they stick to a race like the Goodwood over 1,200 metres? Interesting. Oh, I know the horse has got the class to be able to do it, and we didn't see it on the weekend, but performance-wise, yeah, very interesting to see where it goes next start. And if it was over, like you said, 1350, 1400, you'd get pretty excited. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they put it on the float back to Queensland and then you got the Tatsiara and the Stradbrokers, the two 1400 races. So. Well, I hope they do that, Ralph. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where the biggest chance is to make some money. <laughs> it's about us. Well, at the end of the day, we're doing all the work. We're, we're, we're here to... <laughs> to back horses as well. That's part of the game. Uh, otherwise, why would you do it? Seriously, think about it. What would you do it for? Well, just talk about it. I don't know. You know well, it's, it's just like saying, I'll look at a chessboard, but I'm not going to move anything. You'd say, uh, what would I even turn up? 
All right. Well, the Queen of the South, Ray Six, uh, your statement about cast on the Friday, and now this was one we really stamped. And yep. the, the clock doesn't lie. Sometimes it can it can uh, hide a couple of stories, as per the, like the Coolmore when you get a brutal race. Yep. And, uh, horses need to recover. But we started South Australian Sizzlers two weeks earlier, and this is what we wrote about cast. And of course, all our members got this email because uh, best of the day we send to them. 3.5 lengths above benchmark, best of the day. We sizzled her first up, minus 0.9 lengths above benchmark, best of the day, Sandown, saying she's clearly a better filly this time in, but this high-pressure, firm-track, narrow wind said she's seriously improved to genuine stakes quality. 6.1 at the 800, yet still 3.3 lengths from the lead, 1.6 in the mid-race, then was able to pick up again, going 2.9, last 400, with just lasting. This was a fifth career run. We look forward to tracking her progress. Vince, you said on Friday, if there was no issue of flatness, which there had to be some query at 14 day uh, backup, she should be even money. She's ended up winning this and winning it well. And then the, here's the evidence. The horse has gone seven and a half or 7.2 lengths slower through the first section than the start before. And this is one of the key ingredients that you need when you have to overcome flatness. You must have a dramatically slower run race at your subsequent, particularly if you're backing up 14 days later. And there it is, gone from 6.1 all the way down to minus 1.1, allowing the horse to breathe even. It got, I don't know if I want to call it the luck, but there was a slowdown in the mid-race. Yeah. This actually helped the horse was one of the few horses that didn't really have to slow down as much compared to the rest of the field, and it was in a reasonable position. And then it was just all about whether it could have the finish over the last 400. And you could see, whilst even the horse's overall last 400 wasn't as explosive as the start before, but it was better than the rest of the competition. And yesterday afternoon, we were just talking internally about this horse and just coming to grips with, because we were just sitting, you know, like, I ended up backing this horse, Ralphie. Now, when I say I ended up backing, I didn't go in there and, you know, try and, you know, put a whole truckload of money on, which I would have loved to have done, but it was just a, a modest one-by-four play. But the discussion was this, and this is what the education part that we are just having behind the scenes was that my process on Saturday morning, I went through and said, okay, well, if this horse runs three lengths below the performance of last start, where does this put the horse? And when I looked at what was required to win, that horse was hard top four. And then when you look at the matrix, so we you know pull up the matrix and we have a look at how that trending is looking on the 3.5. It was sort of showing, because we've got a, like a left-hand column and a right-hand column, Ralphie. One, the left-hand side is sort of showing all the six lead-in runs of all the runners coming into the day. And then on the right-hand column is okay, what does the projection look like moving forward? Now, there was it was really just a blank there, right? But the figure was coming up like 1.5 as its um, sort of line. So I sat there and said, okay, well, this horse is probably going to run worst-case scenario. This is exactly how I looked at it, Ralphie. I said, benchmark a half, one and a half, two tops. So at that stage, and I looked at the rest of the competition, I said, well, you only have to run you know, half a length above benchmark. You're going to be in the money. And this yeah. is what uh, sort of pushed me. And knowing that the horse has got this huge potential. I mean, and the run was outstanding, really. When you look at it, the way it exploded home, even under this scenario, probably the gift, in my view, this was the gift that I felt that was given to the horse. I didn't expect Waltz on by to be that aggressive through the first half of the race. I mean, that was very aggressive. 5.6 above Ralphie. Do you think she's a 1,400 horse and they, you know, they, they just can't control her speed at 1,600? This is it. 
if they yeah. can get this horse to just relax a little bit more, and this part of maturity does this, it's a three-year-old filly. Yep. Then all of a sudden, this horse will get the distance because it was still there with um, what 100 meters to go, yeah, 50 meters to go, and it hung out. on for third, and it was huge price for a place. Yeah. So that didn't surprise me, but that was like a genuine sort of yardstick. And then there was Foxy Frieda was the other you know important runner in the race in terms of what the expectation was. The good news is this cast has run 1.5 above, and that's fantastic. It absolutely sets up that, number one, we are working with um, a really solid figure of that now one-and-a-half to three-and-a-half range. We may not get to that number again this campaign. I don't know. I wonder what, what are they going to do with this horse, Rolfie? Well, I, this is what I was going to ask you. I, I got a feeling that they would say, well, let's. she's done her job. Let's target the spring. To me, an Empire Rose mile Flemington Derby Day um, for the mares only, yep. uh, that looks a very realistic target as a Group 1 for the spring. Okay. So, you, this, in other words, you're taking a view that potentially the horses, they'll, they'll tip it out and, and target some big races in the yep. spring. Well, that makes a lot of spring sense. Series. I mean, for the, for the mares, you know, there, there's, there's, I think, some really good prize money, 1,400, 1,400 mile grand final. And why wouldn't you want she's done these, these two starts? Yeah, and you got the proof now from that Morphville Parks run that this horse has got high sustained speed, Ralphie. Yeah. Like, and you, you're absolutely right about the mile because this horse has got sustained speed for 1,200. That means they can get 2,000, Ralphie. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be very keen to see what they do with this. But we've got a real good quality horse. And even if this horse doesn't turn up in the future and runs better than its current profile, that's going to win a lot of races. Well, she won narrowly, and she won narrowly over Royal Merchant. And this is what we wrote in Sizzler's point three oh, legs above yeah. benchmark, second of the day. This was a big run, just failing in serious stakes class IVR time. The severe mid-race slowdown she suffered in traffic almost certainly cost her winning. 7.5 of the hundred point one mid-race, picked up th plus three last 500, while the last 200 with full momentum, 3.5. That was six best last 200 of the day at the end of... 1,400 metres, was narrowly beaten by two subsequent stakes winners, Jack and Owen Bankmore and Group 1 place, Ruthless Dane Sandown, 2601, yet despite not racing uh, November has produced, a, uh, sorry, despite racing since November has produced a clear PB. Would be no surprise if she won a good race next start. There's clearly no sign of dropping off, but they put her back to 1,200 and she got the money in race eight. Oh, now, this one... It defies me, right? Because I, I was of the view that this horse probably already had enough. And then with what it did last start leading into this race, I mean, the speed that Trevor... And here's the thing. There it is going seven and a half above benchmark on the 22nd of the fourth through the first half of the race. And, and you're running and you're running here over 1,200. You get back to benchmark. So you knew speed-wise the horse could definitely have the capacity to handle it. I just couldn't believe the horse had another run in it. And wow, and we're splitting the legs. <laughs> yeah, and this is just a testament again to this stable. How they do it, Ralphie? They are just so good, really. They they just so good, Ralphie. You'd almost have to say they're the leaders of the entire pack, Australia wide, as a stable. Seriously, Ralphie, I I I I don't know too many stables. Even when Waller was on fire and Moody, you have to say. This team, and even when we was you know training, they're doing as as good, if not better, than all of those. 
Well, two days before they won the Group One, they won the five thousand five hundred meter <laughs> Grand Annual, so they're pretty pretty adaptable, aren't they? <laughs> um, uh, she dances perfectly to meet ride. She didn't lead, and what we've got is nice apples to apples comparison because the Sangster was the race before. Serides four point eight lengths above benchmark this time. Clarbell one point two, so real controlled speed there, and uh, basically she gave she dances every chance. Yeah, and this this made a big difference for the horse, and um, and that was a lot more orderly in terms of you know the expectation, oh, you know give or take a length. But the reality was, the big thing was I, the more I'm sort of just now thinking about this, Roth, the big thing for the day is. Just that track being a little bit off near that 600-metre mark, it's around that 6-500-metre mark, has probably helped a lot of races in terms of artificially slowing down the race or not allowing for overextension that, to take play in that mid-race and giving a number of horses a chance and not busting them open and, you know, like completely... Uh, flattening them so yeah I'm, I'm now looking at you know, like what's happened here and just the way because i'm just trying to work out you know raw merchant how the hell did it win ralphie right now of course on ability you could understand if it was able to repeat there it is coming out of that same race <laughs> and then she dances i just look at what that horse has done and and it's a little bit disappointed with the way it dropped off over the last couple of hundred metres, Ralphie. I mean, the drop-off was quite significant, and it's interesting that that horse really felt the effects of those first two sections. And if I combine them together, it's not like um, something savage. I, definitely, I just thought it was a good speed, something that you could have managed. And maybe the horse was entitled not to finish as badly. That's all I can put it to at the moment. Maybe eighth run for the prep, uh, they might yep. start again as yeah. a man. In the campaign, yep. Yeah. Um, so we, we always uh, give our members an opportunity to ask a question. You haven't yet cocked um, cocked uh, the Gold Coast. So, oh, Sorry, not the – it was Gold Coast. Guinea. Sunshine Coast. Yep. Sunshine Coast, of course. Um, so we've got a couple of questions there. I will reply to all our members who have asked us questions that were um, that uh, involved there, but there's a couple that involve Gosford, and then we'll get to the, uh, to the okay. big one. But uh, firstly, um, John's uh, sent us an email. Thought Valmaster was huge in his return at Gosford. I'm hearing his main prep. Uh, his main aim this prep is the Stradbroke. Do you think he'll get 1,400? Well, Vince is a horse we've uh, sizzled a couple of times over the journey that he's got a booming finish. Uh, what type of uh, performance did he produce in the clock at Gosford? Yeah, geez, Gosford played well too, Ralphie. Yeah, it's played quick. Yeah, you know, really, it was so, so great to see. Fancy that going to Gosford, you know, and they had wet weather as well. <laughs> and look how much better the track played. I'm sure... Just the way they've managed it has been, a, you know, a big, big help for them to be able to put in good performances. And it's interesting about this horse is here. The breakdown, when we look at the breakdown of this horse for the 1,000 metres, 2.4 lengths below benchmark through the first couple of 100 metres, that's a reasonable speed, Ralphie. You know, what can you expect out of a horse for the first 200 metres? It's not that easy to get past benchmark, but they were moving here. I mean, really moving. I mean, plus 1.5 that's a solid speed for a thousand meters, Ralphie. This horse was perfectly positioned in the mid race. I thought this was fantastic. There was no overextension from the rider. The move was around two lengths between the eight and the four hundred, and left all the explosion up the home straight. And, and it was big. Plus five, plus four hundred was excellent. And you know, giving you know a lot of confidence about this horse is going to thrive on a step up in distance. Yep. From here, and 
is this the, the possibility is it could be going to a Stradbroke? Is that what might be possible for a uh, horse Well, like- I haven't read that, but I, uh, John Rather is, uh, could be on point there. So, yep. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If I look at barrier trials, leading in off that last barrier trial, around 2.1 below, I was sort of taking a view with this horse, the benchmark of what it did, you know, like it was a long break, Ralphie. Like that last first up run was back in, when was that, uh, 22, 12th, 22? Yep. That- was a benchmark. Yeah, missed 600 days racing. Yeah. And have a look at what it did first up that day, last 400 metres, like plus 9.4. Hmm, serious. Now, <laughs> yeah, to come back and do this and produce a plus five, but actually improve two lengths, this is a this, this horse is already matching its historical PB, which we've got to go back to March 21, over 11.50. And there's a clear trait here. This horse has a phenomenal 400 metre sprint. And it appears that you can use it in the mid-race or you can use it late. Now, how does that set up, let's say, if you're in a race like a Stradbroke? Well, if you don't overextend in the first section, you know you're going to have an electric finish. So it is going to be somewhat governed by race shape and a bit of luck. But does this horse have the potential to find another length or two? Absolutely. All right, so I'll do a write-up on Yellow Brick when your data comes through from yep. uh, from the Sunshine Coast. But we've got a, a, a question that combines Gosford and the Sunshine Coast um, uh, from David. Just wondering if you give me a guide on Yellow Brick's run on the Gold Coast and how you think it can compare to Think About It in the Stradbroke. So what did Think About It do on the clock in the Gosford? Well, this is interesting. I mean, overall, it was only 1.6 lengths below benchmark. Just outside of the top 10, but where the downside for the horse was, it's impossible to run time when you're going eight and a half lengths below benchmark first section. <laughs> so just for the first, out yeah, for the first 400 metres, that, that's slow, right? Yeah. But the speed and the momentum pickup in the mid was strong. It was a 7.3 length mid-race squeeze, so about a second and a, and a quarter. And then the last 400 metres, you know, pretty, pretty solid, plus 5.8. I wouldn't say it was better than a Vowmaster, though, right? Yeah. When I compare the two, because, you know, one's had a pretty soft, yes, there's a 200-metre difference, but that's a jog for this horse, think about it. But it won, you know, under its own steam, and it kept building momentum. So I then looked for the overall sustained speed on the day for the last 1,000 metres. It was top two, Ralphie. So that's another really solid sign that overall that exertion did come into play for the last 1,000 metres. And this is a horse that, even though the overall profile was down, you probably got to allow two or three lengths that this horse could have gone two or three lengths faster through the first section and still maintain that sort of close late, which would have probably allowed this horse to be around that plus two range. Very similar to Vowmaster. And before we have a look at Globe, just a reminder, if you want the best information possible, like the way we uh, target the uh, the uh, horses going forward, as we explained there with Cast and with uh, with, with uh, early on Royal Merchant, uh, Fire Sizzlers. So we've now got uh, Melbourne and Sydney will uh, launch for May. We've got South Australia in its third week, and we're going to be launching Queensland Sizzlers as well. So that's going to be the best uh, uh, target. And our next preview podcast, we'll, we'll wait for the big one, Vince. The Stradbroke will be our next big one, so that'll be a beauty. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> for absolutely for sure. All right. Tell us about Globe. Uh, and I'll do it for a question, of course. Uh, where, are, where are we? Um, from we, we, Williams asked, um, I'm sure you and Vince will probably get to it. really keen about hearing Vince's thoughts and data on Globe. Looks a serious animal winning by a big space again. Well, firstly, we'll just have a quick snapshot on how the track played. Yes, please. Definitely on the damp side. Yep. 
So anybody that was breaking benchmark on the day were really putting in big efforts. But and but I wouldn't call it a bad one for Sandown. I mean, two point two lengths below standard overall is pretty good. But so if I take away S seven, that's probably pretty fair. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair because if I take away that one race in particular in isolation, it probably do, does bring it a lot closer to that mark and where that to the eight hundred meter mark was a lot closer to say four lengths below the standard, even. I felt this is the this is what I thought was really good, Ralphie. From the six hundred metre mark to the to inside the four, the track was racing at least a length or two better than to the eight hundred. And I would I my view was well and truly inside the S six range, right? Yeah. And then the home straight, which is the most important part, and it's up the hill. It actually was um, S five. I, there's no way I would have marked that anything worse than that. So what that does is it sort of sets the theme up about giving you insight about how good are the performances of various horses. Now, like if we look at a horse like Globe, which was just like, wow, right? But <laughs> this is probably what stunned me. Going 8.7 lengths faster standard on the worst part of the track, you know, you're going to be completely out of petrol, right? But what a performance to be able to not only put that sort of effort in, I mean, here's the example. The horse that's run second has gone seven and a half lengths slower through the first half of the race for the first 1,000 metres. In the mid-race, it's virtually travelling the same speed, give or take. And then I look at the last 400. Off that sort of race shape, the second horse should have been able to run at least five lengths better than the winner, and it only ran 2.5, 2.7. That then gives me the clear understanding about how much superior Globe is because the overall score was only 0.9 above. Yep. But the reality is this. I then look at how much the drop-off was over the last 200 metres because it was a 7.4 length drop-off. That's I under look a stranglehold. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then I look at the distribution of energy early. And the reality is I then line it up against the second and third horse. Now, the third horse, Daytona Bay, was running a lot closer to the speed of what Globe was and then about a length inferior and then was matched again to the same level between the 8 and the 400. And then the last 200 metres, even though it was under the stranglehold, the winner, there was a length. So I add all that up and then look what happened with the second horse. Everything points that this horse has to be Technically, on a different race shape, what happens if this race shape was plus four, right? That's what I'm yep. thinking of, right? If this race shape's plus four, the horse runs three and a half above. Uh, well, that's Caulfield Cup territory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with this sort of capability of sustained speed and still keeps going, yeah, well, who, who knows where this horse is heading? Well, I uh, know I said Caulfield Cup deliberately because – this horse reminds me of two years ago incentivized going through the classes in Queensland. True, yeah, yeah, <laughs> now, absolutely. Four combined, four wins, combined margin thirteen point eight, and untouched in, in all of them. Well, I reckon once you get the four, I remember Dominic Bird putting out something about margins with uh, incentivized. Man, it was like a thirty or forty year gap. Now these were all East City wins, but even the same, this is a horse who's just completely obliterated the competition. Once you get the four in a row, well, they're not all all terrible horses behind you. No, 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 absolutely not. And this is proving it, that the speed capacity. Yes. I mean, have a look at each of those runs. The Packet and Run two starts back prior to this on the 30th of the third, 3.4 lengths above first section. Then it went to Sandown 1800, went 5.9. It's returned to Sandown and gone even faster. 
This and, is another comparison with incentive. Sorry, but in, this is another in, comparison with incentivize because that's what incentivize was doing in Queensland. He was busting fields open with immense speed, and everything was just legless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what you know. What this is interesting? Do, do, you, do you think this staples got that sort of yes th- thinking behind them that they I might do. be looking for a Caulfield Cup? Yep, I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think they're going to. Uh, they got a damn gonna... smart one. Ooh, exciting stuff yeah, for yeah. the roll of dice boys as well. So good on them. They're, they're good fellas and they uh, they put a lot into racing. So exciting times there. And uh, it, it's nice when we see one emerge at, uh, at this time of year for sure. All right. All of Vince Carty's work via dailysectionals.com.au, uh, including Saturday morning race speed profiles, mine, racetrackralphie.com.au, including the Black Book Sizzlers. And we'll be back next week and review everything on Year Round Carnival.